This episode of the Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Red Diamond Consultant. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand, and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Sun Show on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love packed zoos and hate going cold, cold yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you love packed zoos and hate going cold from three, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix welcome back to the show i am joined as always by squid and dylan we have a great show for you today uh an interview later on with four star 2023 basketball recruit jalen low uh awesome kid going to be an absolute star for the panthers uh so so sit tight and uh listen in on that one we're also going to talk a little bit of pit basketball the win against louisville uh, the loss against Florida State, uh, and then, of course, it would not be the Loyal Sun Show with a little bit of bitching about football recruitment and the comings and goings of uh, some some pit football players. Um, but, of course, we start with what is most pressing, and that is the basketball team. Um, do we, do we want to go in chronological order here? I think they kind of go hand in hand. Everything we say good about the Louisville game, we're going to have to then offer the uh, counter of it was wiped out in the Florida State game. So I don't know. Do we, let's just do it as one big thing, the goods and the bads. Yeah, I'll start off by saying it started promising. Pitt cleaned up a pretty bad team on Saturday. No. Wednesday. Getting my days mixed up. Wednesday. Cleaned up a bad team, Louisville. It was what we were hoping for. We were hoping to get it again against a not-so-great team, Florida State. Uh, we made them look like the Golden State Warriors, so that didn't happen. Louisville is probably the worst ACC team since the second-year Kevin Stallings pit team. I don't think I've seen an ACC team that bad. I mean, they are just... It's almost exactly like watching that how that pit team was. It's just guys who aren't on this level to play uh, in the ACC. Even though I know they have like some like they have four star recruits, so it's weird how they are as bad as they are. Yeah, I've watched them in a national championship. I've watched them win a national championship as an adult. Well, those were the Rick Pitino days. You get rid of Rick Pitino, bad things happen. Everyone knows. Well, bad things happen under Rick Pitino, too. Yeah, but then he won games. So 
I'm, that's what Louisville gets for pretending they care about a little extramarital affair carried out on the table of a restaurant after hours. Or the stripper parties with incoming yeah, 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 yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to dig up uh Get off old, your high horse, stuff. Louisville. <laughs> but, yeah, they're very bad. It's pretty crazy to see a team of that level. I mean, Louisville is a basketball crazy area, a mm. basketball crazy school, and to see the fall from Greece they've had is it's pretty impressive. But it was pretty awesome for Pitt to just go in and handle business on the road. I know early on it looked a little scary uh, until like the, uh, the second TV timeout and then Nike got hot. And after that, it was just smooth sailing. So we can pat them on the back all we want, but they probably should have beaten a two win team on the road. Uh, but we've got, we've got some critiques for them for their performance on Saturday with, with the, the egg they laid against Florida state. It was the opposite of the Louisville game that came out and had probably their best start to a game of the year. They were up 10 early and then uh, 17 to two run from the Seminoles. I did not expect that. I thought a good start from Pitt would lead to an all around complete game. That's what they struggled with. Uh, But there, there was some bad stretches on offense yeah, are they are they capable of like a consistent game? I just want one showing where Pitt comes out and they start hot and they keep their heel on their opponent's throat instead of coming out hot and then oh we are we are down twelve. How did this happen? Okay, well let's crawl back into the game and we forgot how to shoot again. Okay, cool. This was fun. Like, can we can we just get an even performance? I think it's pretty typical of college basketball teams. I mean, basketball is a game of runs. I also think it kind of shows mm. with the with the lack of depth that Pitt has. Because um, when they have to sub in some of those bench guys, Nate Santos or Guillermo, I feel like the offense kind of falls off a little bit. Or if you have to sub out Jamarius Burton at literally any point, I mean, Jamarius Burton's unreal. He showed that again Saturday, almost single-handedly willed them back into the game. Blake Henson some, hit some big shots, but it does kind of hurt when uh, there is such a drop-off to the bench when when you have the sub-guys like Burton and Henson out of the game. Yeah, so I wasn't worried at all going into the half because Florida State was shooting 80% from three for most of the first half. It was disgusting. And we were at like 16% at one point. Yeah, you, So you law of averages – you said we were making them look like the Golden State Warriors, but when's the last time the Warriors shot 83% from three in a game? That's true, too. So I thought the start of the second half, things will even out. And they did. Henson, like Dylan said, went on like a Clay Thompson-esque streak. If we're going to keep the Warriors theme going. And then and the Pete sounded like the Oracle back in the 2016 finals. Oh. The Pete was rocking yeah. for that run they went on in the second half. Yeah, when Blake Hinson hit that, uh, was it a game tying or go ahead three? Either way, I those both. I, I think. I think you know the zoo could have triggered a nearby you know seismograph, like like that that place was moving like an earthquake. There are people on the top floor of the cathedral, like worried for their lives. <laughs> Thought it was going to all come crashing down. Yeah. 
Um, but then things yeah. did come crashing down because, yeah, uh, another we lost. Yeah. yeah, I. So I I don't know if I want to blame one particular person for what happened uh, for us losing. However, I don't think that four minutes left in a game, uh, you know, a two point game is when you try to shoot yourself back into a rhythm, Nellie Cummings, when you are like two for 13. I mean, the shot selection was bad. And I just, I just think, and Nellie's not the only one who's done this on this pit team because they really rely on uh, the three ball and the long two ball. But sometimes these guys need a little bit more self-awareness of like, oh, I'm shooting 10% today. Maybe I'll dish this one. Yeah, I I don't know. I see both sides. I do think he forced some shots. I also think that he hit a big one late because he kept shooting. And it was, you know, you can't really as a guard in basketball, especially a point guard, just start shying away because you've missed a few shots. Um the shot selection is one thing. If they're open, I think you got to take them. I do think they pushed a little bit, um, pressed. But overall, it's just those are. Sh- I, I think those are shots that you take when it feels like you can't get a lot of offense going. You know, we had the the stretch in the first half where it was like back to back shot clock violations, and then that that length of Florida State just kind of continued to be a problem for the pit offense. Weren't really able to get a lot going um, unless it was Jamarius Burton taking his guy off the dribble. So, uh, you know, I don't blame Nelly solely. Uh, if, no, no, obviously if, if Nelly play, if Nelly plays a better game, Pitt may win that game. Um, but I think you can say that for a lot of guys. Uh, Nike didn't really play as, as well as he's played in the past few weeks. Um, and then, can't say. I mean, number 22 for Florida State, Darren Green kind of just took the game over and couldn't miss. So yeah. uh, that was another situation where it's like, if this guy doesn't get hot for Florida State, probably Pitt probably wins too. So sometimes you run into that. Pitt was only 7 for 28 from 3. Florida State was 10 for 20. Um, Florida State just played better on Saturday all around. And I yeah. knew their length was going to be a problem. Squid, we were looking at the roster before the game, mm. and none of the guys who actually get meaningful minutes for them are under six five, and they always have a guy like uh, McLeod who's seven foot four. Like it's just Leonard Williams has a type for the, for the recruits he likes. To yeah, take. yeah. I was going to get into that as a next concern. I, I saw during warmups they had like a couple of guys who were six eleven ish shooting threes. But they didn't look that big compared to their actual center, who was seven four. During the Duke game, is something that I noticed. Pitt relies a lot on uh, high pick and rolls, getting switches, and beating guys off the dribble. Against Duke, they were big, but they were quick enough to switch everything, and that made the offense really stagnant. And there was a couple stretches like that um, Saturday too. Burton. He seemed less effective, but he still had 20 points on like over 50% shooting. So, he was eight of 13, eight of 13 from the floor. So, that's just how good he is. But there are a lot of possessions where they're trying to get a mismatch, trying to beat a guy, but the length or whether it's just the defensive like awareness of the other team, 
uh, slows this offense down. It leaves the possessions where there's a lot of dribbling and not a lot of moving and hoisting a bad shot. So that's something I'm worried about. If they make their threes, they'll be okay. But they were not. No, you can't rely on one stretch from Blake Henson to get you back in the game every game. That was nuts, but you can't rely on something like that. Yeah, I, I'd love to kind of just chalk this one up as a, this is a bad matchup for Pitt. Uh, just, you know, the breakout of the teams and their sizes. But also, like, not a lot of teams are going to do what they did shooting. Uh, Mills on uh, Mills on Florida State couldn't miss in the first half. And then Green called ball game on, like, a 25-foot contested three in the final minute. It just felt like there was nothing... Pitt could do to stop them from making threes, even if we were standing on ladders in front of the hoop. So what do we think from here? I, I saw Joe Lenardi still has us in the tournament as an 11 seed. Feels pretty bleak after that loss. It felt like a really, really big missed opportunity. We talked about on the last show. Uh, these bad losses can really deflate your tournament chances if you're on the bubble. But still being in, I'm not as down as I was before. Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling that bleak yet cuz even when we lose games, we're still, you know, on Lenardi's bubble on Jimmy Fuckface's, you know, final four in. I I'm starting to remember it's not actually that hard to make the tournament. It was just really hard for us to make the tournament for like a really long time. I still think it's going to be hard to get in. Yeah. There's very small margin for error. Yeah, I'm kind of, I have to disagree, David. I think that loss, if we would have won that one, I would have felt good like going into this next two games of Wake Forest, Miami. Like, all right, if we split this, I'll feel pretty good. Right now, I feel. I mean, I feel like Wednesday against Wake Forest is almost a must-win because it's a you you move to thirteen and seven, and then you have a game on Wednesday against a Wake Forest team who's been pretty good this year. Uh, they knocked off Clemson about a week ago, and then you have a Miami team who, although they just lost to Duke, was in, went into the Saturday ranked number sixteen in the country. So it feels like it's kind of do or die time because if you lose these next two that's three straight i think you could probably just put a fork in the team for the season i mean i i hate to doubt them and say like they couldn't rebound and rattle off six or seven straight but it kind of feels like that that stretch from jeff capel teams in late january early february where the wheels kind of fall off so my panic meter isn't at 10 yet but it's it's getting there i'm at a solid seven or eight right now yeah, we have to beat every team that we are better than, which is most of them. And then you can have one loss against Miami. You probably want to split that series one and one. I mean, UNC is going to be a tough matchup. We beat them last time, but we're down going down to Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah. And then we go down to Florida State again. So I'm not going to chalk the one up as a win. But the rest of the schedule is not a murderer's row. And I like the chances of a. 20 plus win ACC school making the tournament. 
just as a rule of thumb. And maybe I'm ignorant, but that is what I'm going to continue to tell myself until we're either left out or we aren't. I think there's a very good chance that it could come down to maybe needing to win a game or two in the ACC tournament, uh, which could be fun, but also extremely nerve wracking. I'm sure we won't be throwing up and crying the whole game. Yeah, that those uh, like noon or two o'clock tip offs during the workday for the during conference tournament season mm-hmm. are going to are going to be tough. No, I'm sure I'm going to work really hard during that. So looking forward, I think you know, Wednesday's a huge one. It, it's a must win for Pitt. And then I think if you can win that one feel pretty good about where you're at going into Saturday against Miami. Another huge one. So this is a big homestand. Drop the ball in this first one, but you got to keep pushing. I mean, I also think you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, they play all these teams that they should beat, but it is college basketball. So I I think you have to assume that they were going to drop one that they shouldn't have. So my thought is go back and steal one that you wouldn't be expected to win. Maybe UNC on the road or Miami on the road. If you can steal one of those ones that you're you're underdog in uh kind of cancels out but yeah that hurt side note the crowd was really good again yeah when zoo was packed they had to overflow the students up to the upper level line all the way down cardiac hill uh for students waiting to get into the zoo so it is awesome to see the fans are coming back out and people are back on the bandwagon for pit hoops Please don't squander the momentum because a loss Wednesday and people people stop showing up again. Yeah, I, I think there's a sense in the city that there's something happening here and what it is ain't exactly clear. But, you know, there's momentum back around the program. Um, I, well, love- I hear so many people say to me now, not to cut you off, but like just in casual conversations, like, oh, yeah, I'm going down to the pit game on Saturday. And they're like, oh, pit basketball, man, I really wish when they were good, or I really miss when they were good. I remember back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we loved going to the games. It's like people in the city remember when they were good and miss that feeling. So there is a there is people searching and hoping for Pitt to kind of just rise back to national prominence. I mean, we aren't we aren't kidding when we say that hit basketball was Pitts was the city of Pittsburgh's NBA team. Uh, I mean, how many people do you know that would never in their life be in Heinz field for a pit football game? were like pretty diehard pit basketball fans in the early 2000s. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the city kind of rallied around them. Yeah. Everybody cared. You would yeah. even get some There'd of the be Steeler players sitting courtside for games. Yeah. It was it was like a, a Lakers game that they'd, they'd have a, a segment during a TV timeout where they'd show all the celebrities at the game. It's like Big Ben and like Ryan Switzer or whoever his, his buddy it, was. And it wasn't. Why oh, was Ryan funny. Switzer the second person you thought of? I think they went to a West Virginia game together. And that was okay. on my mind. Yeah. Ryan Switzer is uh, never on my mind because I'm a healthy, sane person. But it was not uncommon in the early 2000s for people to be Penn State football fans and Pitt basketball fans. Now, I'm I'm not saying those people should be allowed to live normal lives outside of a jailhouse, but it existed. Absolutely. Yeah, city's buzzing about Pitt hoops. I really hope they can capture this momentum and keep it pushing. 
And I, I still have hope. I still think we're, we end up in March. Uh, maybe that's just me being the disgustingly optimistic pit fan who doesn't want to come to grips with reality. But no, I, I do think this team still ends up playing in the tournament. It might be in one of those first four games or something where it's the 11 seed versus 11 seed and playing to get in, but anything, anything to get a chance to go back to the dance. See, but if we, if we continue to have more uh, high stakes games at the Pete, while I am ecstatic to see so many kids in the zoo, um, I think they're going to need to start taking some classes on how to be in the zoo. Cause no disrespect, you know, they're, they, they, they didn't go to pit when pit was great. Um, the people that were seniors when they were freshmen weren't in, you know, going to pit when pit was great. So there has, there's kind of been a, a break in the chain of like passing down how to behave and why during, uh, you know, hit basketball games and you know it's small stuff like um like when they do seven nation army to begin the game um they have never once been on rhythm with the song as it's playing which is weird because it's it's playing in your ear like how are you off by like like four seconds um you know i don't think they know when to be loud when to you know get everyone like like when the when to boo the white guy anytime he touches the ball. Like if a white guy touches the ball, you boo. Yeah. Everyone knows this. Play boo the white guy. Um, Mills. Mills finally missed a three after like four straight makes. And only like five guys in the front row were doing the air ball chant. No, 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 no. Whole student section does that every time he touches the ball until the next like TV timeout. I also remember an early game in the season. It, was, it might have been Tennessee Martin even, but uh, someone fouled out and the left, right, left, right. And they were just saying like left, right, but not in rhythm with how mm-hmm. the person was walking to their seat. And I was like, oh, no, kids, kids, let's let's get some training vo- videos put together. Let's get some some classes, some study halls around yeah. how, how to act in the zoo. But I'm Step just glad one. they're showing up. Step one is them showing up. No, step, step one is drinking a 40 in your dorm room. Correct. Step two, show up. Yeah. I have a big gripe. During the pregame lineup announcements, they don't say the coach's name anymore, so they can't say, Yeah. and the Florida he, State basketball coach, Leonard Hamilton, they can't get it. He sucks, too. They don't do it for either coach. I don't know if it's because they did the sucks and they, they got some bad feedback and they don't want to do it anymore, but Spare me. We got to tell the coaches they suck too. We can tell a bunch of like college kids that they suck, but we can't tell the guy making $2 million a year that he also sucks. I was so mad they didn't do it for Huggins earlier in the year. Then I realized they just don't do this for any games. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a word with the PA guy and see if we can sneak that in there. I'm writing a petition. Yeah. So the the zoo, they, they are, you know, each game getting better dusting off the cobwebs and I really believe in them and we really appreciate pit students. Um, but my other note would be maybe Nick's the swag surf to start games. I don't, I don't think we have the facilities for that big man looking, looking down at that zoo <laughs> demographically. I don't think. Uh, Execution yeah. could be better. I don't think hey, it, don't it think was the first intimidating. It was the first big pit game. After 
winter break. So you got to think the last couple of big games, the students were on break. They weren't there. There's probably a lot of people's first games in the zoo. They'll figure it out. Just want a few more games. Keep the buzz going. Do you think we'll they forgot basic rhythm over Christmas break? Is that it? You know what? It's a big game for everybody. When the lights come on, it ain't easy. I'm just glad. Oh, no. Never mind. No, not not good. Okay. Well, either way, happy to see, you know, people starting to filter into the peat more. Absolutely. Just keep winning and uh, the rest of it will take care of itself. We have an exciting new advertiser to tell you guys all about today. Uh, This past segment was brought to you by Roback. Uh, Yes, that Roback. If you listen to pretty much any sports podcast ever created, you've probably heard some ads for Roback. They're a bit of a disruptor in the athleisure industry and uh and they've obviously gone pretty heavy in the podcast segment um but uh we are partnering with them to the tune of a 20 percent discount on our listeners first order with them if you go on to roback.com that's r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com um you can buy any number of performance uh polos performance hoodies performance cues it's any any kind of performance anything and you use the code uh loyal sons l-o-y-a-l-s-o-n-s good spelling yeah i feel like most of our listeners knew that because they went to pit and not uh you know a school like 45 minutes south of pit uh but anyway yeah 20 percent off um I've, I've, we have yet to physically wear any of their stuff. I think we have an order incoming. Uh, but from what I hear, they're rather comfortable. And they're that kind of uh, crossover between comfort and looking, looking kind of sweet. semi. And they look like kind of semi-professional, so you can wear them to work and, and be cozy. I'm really excited just for golf season. Put on my rowback polo Saturday morning. Oh. Sometimes when you have a golf polo, most golf polos are pretty comfortable. I've heard mm. rowback blows them out of the water, but sometimes you have one that just doesn't fit right. It's a little loose. You start thinking about the baggy sleeves or how how your the tags itching you, and then all of a sudden you're shanking the ball into the woods, and it's definitely your polo's fault and not your terrible golf game. So that's that's why I shot 120 the last time I played golf. Yeah. Right. I wasn't wearing rowback. Exactly. So that's definitely go to. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. And that's so golf season right around the corner, fellas. Get your rowback polos. Use the code loyal sons. Get 20% off and wall shave five strokes off our golf game. That's not a promise. You can't hold us to that. I'm going to promise it. You can hold me to it. Um, but also uh, they were they were telling us they're working on some pit gear. So that could be pretty huge, especially with, you know, the golf outing, the pit golf outing uh, coming up this summer. Uh, you don't want to look like or play like shit in front of, you know, the pit football team. So so might be might be something you want to 
invest in, but not invest too much because 20% off. So, uh, as per usual, uh, pit football related things also happened this week. Uh, a little bit of movement in the transfer portal, a little bit of movement in recruitment. So what do we, uh, what do we want to start with? Bad news first, usually bad news, then good news. Yeah, let's go bad news first. So one of Pitt's bigger targets locally for the class of 2024, Anthony Specca committed to that school in the middle of the state. And people were kind of losing their minds, I think. Well, yeah, uh, an important note here is that uh, Specca, who is a linebacker and a central Catholic football player, is like a massive lifelong pit fan. So there's kind of this sense that if we cannot land guys who grew up watching every pit game, um, who can we land locally? Uh, you know, like his whole family, pit fans, him, his whole Twitter feed is just like retweeting pit related stuff. So, you know, what, what could have gone wrong that he did not want to commit to the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know like a year ago, everyone thought he was a Notre Dame lock. So surprise, surprise, 17-year-olds change their minds and aren't committed to what everyone thinks they're committed to when they're 16. But it does hurt anytime you have a local guy, especially like a Central Catholic guy. He's literally going to school in Oakland right now. And he's a four star and it always looks bad when they commit elsewhere. But also Pitt doesn't always land all the top local guys. This isn't news. And I don't, I understand like growing up a Pitt fan, going to Pitt games, his whole life is one thing. And that's not always the case with these kids who leave home. But I mean, I, I think we all need to take a deep breath here, step back and sky's not falling. Pitt doesn't always land these guys. Yeah, especially because, you know, I, I know he is a four-star and I know he is a Pittsburgh kid, but I kind of get the sense Pitt wasn't all that high on him. And I'm not just saying that as like a, oh, well, we didn't want him anyway just because he went somewhere else. He, the type of linebacker he is doesn't really fit our defense that well. He's a pretty downhill guy. Um I kind of think he lacks the ranginess and speed to play that Randy Bates system. Is he a um, sneaky athlete? Is he deceptively quick, though? If he's deceptively quick, he might be able to play in our defense. Was I dog whistling that hard? No, but I feel like we're going to get there if you want any longer. Uh, let's, let's just put it this way. He is much more well-suited to stopping Iowa than stopping UNC, if you catch my drift. But no, I I even you know heard from a, a source that knows these sort of things that he was absolutely a take for Pitt, but that he wasn't like a super top priority. Like they weren't bending over backwards, and we kind of heard that, um, you know, through different Pitt channels that. Penn State was showing him a lot more love than Pitt was. And I, I think he was kind of taken aback by that. 
Um, but I mean, obviously I, I think he's going to be great. He's a, he's a four-star Pittsburgh kid. You know, you want to root for him, but there's a such thing as a good athlete that doesn't fit what we do specifically. I think something else Pitt fans need to consider is some kids, we, we say this a lot. Some kids, no matter where they're from, whether it's they're from Alabama, they don't get Alabama and they go to USC or they're from the West coast and they go to Florida. Some kids just want to leave. And another level of that is a lot of these local kids, they've been around Pitt their whole life. So being next to the Steelers isn't like a cool thing because they knew that since they were six years old. It's not like, oh, I never knew that. I never knew they had this great of facilities. I didn't realize they could watch Big Ben and Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett play every day. It's just like, yeah, this is another thing that I'm I'm used to. So maybe they're not as starstruck about some of the things about Pitt that some other people are. Like we, we talked to Jalen Lowe and he was wild by coming through the tunnel. I'm sure Anthony Speck has done that like 750 times. Right. So sometimes you got to branch out, do new things. And it's it just, you can blame Pat Narduz all you want, but sometimes it's, it's beyond what the coaches can do. It's just. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, so I agree. What- I agree. Also squid because it feels like some of the stuff you hear from these recruits that they get on campus, like these out of state kids. And it is all of those things you just mentioned. Like, Oh, I didn't know that Pittsburgh was so nice. I didn't know that they shared a facility right next to the Steelers or they come to a game at Heinz field and they're more blown away that they're watching a game and looking at a field that, Oh, I get to play on an NFL field. And they're not taken aback by the, the, some empty yellow seats in the upper level. Like all these things that we hear is so common for us as Pitt fans and as locals to Pittsburgh uh, are a lot of the things that end up selling these kids when they come to campus. Sorry, David, I cut you off again. No, you're good. In, in, interruptions fine. It's in in many cultures. It's a it's a sign of interest in the conversation. Uh, no, and, and I think you guys bring up a valid point. And whether it's you know he's burnt out on living in Pittsburgh. I mean, I know plenty of kids, myself being one, that specifically wanted to go to a school in a new city so that we could just try something new for a little bit. Or if it's because you know there was a fear that he might not be fitting the system. Um, you know, either way, he ain't coming here. Um, and do you know what Pitt fans should not do about that? Be a weird jackass to his family. I don't, I'm, I want to preface this by saying I don't want to air out Panther Lair drama. That is not like our thing, um, you know, our, our arena really. But if, if you were one of the people on the Lair being a weird jackass to Specca's family, um, you don't. are. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody's doing that. Really, you expect people in the Panther to be jackasses about something petty? Yeah, Can yeah. We talk I do. about the good news. Yeah, yeah. But first, don't be don't be a weird loser. Second, let's talk about the guys that do want to drive through that tunnel and practice next to Kenny Pickett. Uh, so first of all, we finally got that commitment that we knew was coming for a while. Uh, Dejon Reynolds, wide receiver, four star from Florida, uh, finally adding another piece to that receiving room uh, that we know we've very desperately needed. How do we yeah. feel generally about that? Uh, but 
the time we recorded last week, it seemed like he was uh, like a pit lock. We thought we were in good shape, but it wasn't finalized. So we kind of assumed we'd have him, and even with him, I feel like the receiver room is lacking a little bit of talent, proven talent. So having Reynolds big get just because we need a number three receiver, maybe he can be a number two receiver. That'd be awesome. But at the very least, it's a, another body that can go out there and play on Saturdays. Yeah, I think the proven talent is the big point there because Dejon Reynolds obviously was a four-star recruit, went to Florida, and he had 11 catches for 244 yards last year. The majority of that actually came in one game, in a game against Vanderbilt that Florida actually lost. They lost to Vanderbilt last year. Wait, That's how the Gators football is right now. I genuinely did not know that until you just said that Florida lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. and Anthony Richardson played. It, it wasn't like a fluke backup quarterback thing. They just got ran out of the gym, field, swamp, wherever it was. I think it was at Vanderbilt. But Yeah. Yeah, it was at Vanderbilt. So we can go on a tangent about what has happened to Florida football uh, another time. But important thing is Reynolds had – eight catches for a buck 65 and two touchdowns. So there has at least been flashes that he, he tried to keep Florida football afloat and he couldn't do it. So he just was like, you know what? I've done everything I can head North. (laughs) Yeah. So, so he can do that, that in a power five football game, a competitive game. It was like a one score game. It's not like he came in and they were beating Vandy by 40 points and he did all this in garbage time. Like he has done this in competitive power five football games. So there's flashes there. Obviously, can you do that over the stretch of a 12 game season has been yet to seen for Dejon Reynolds, but I do think it's, it was a very necessary ad. They needed to add another guy to this receiver room, whether it was a guy who was a no doubter, like a Dante Cephas who we knew would be a big time player if we got him here. Um, that didn't happen, but you need to needed to add bodies just to hope you strike oil and and get someone who is going to be a game breaker. So I uh, I think it's a big deal they added him. Maybe not the off season we were hoping for for the receiver room, but um, I, I still there's think there's still room to get one more. I think yeah, a little late in the game, but. No, because because you're gonna get that wave of transfers during spring ball too. Yeah, I can think of one big name wide receiver transfer that entered the portal during or after spring ball. You know, who's to say we don't camp out in the portal and grab one of our own? Because because there there is, or that... we just reach out before he enters the portal. I think we could do something like that, or what? An offer him two million in a house? I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but either way, I, there is still a sense that, you know, he, Reynolds could be a big contributor, uh, potentially, but that we, we need to be going for a number one guy. I think honestly, the, my hope at this point is that, uh, Mumfield and means take a step forward. I think we saw a little bit in the sun bowl. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mortgage the 2023 season on four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown by Bub means, but I do think we saw some flashes from them. Mumpfield had a big catch and run late. So I think those guys showed some flashes. It might just be a consistency thing The we know that the passing game as a whole was kind of bad. A, okay. Yeah, it was, it was bad for a lot of this season. So maybe it wasn't all the receivers. I think 
we kind of have felt yeah. that way. So maybe those guys take a step up. Mumpfield produces at the level that we thought he was going to and before the season started last year. But there's some predict- production to make up for with Jared Wayne going to the NFL. Wait, did you guys uh, see that video of Addison Copeland making a crazy one-handed catch in uh, a training or something? It was kind of obstructed by a pole or a flag or something, but it looked like he just went one hand over top of the ball and like like didn't cradle it, like snagged it over top of a of a receiver and like in the in the back corner of the end zone, and it was just a, a freak play going over the top and I would like for him to do that like six times a game every game until he graduates so is that all we needed to sell ourselves on on him stepping up and being the guy next year I think we last episode we made a promise or a resolution that we wouldn't be doing this until after spring ball and we've made it one week and then squid said yeah Squid, what'd you what'd you say? Remind us. Oh, I said I would see one video clip and be sold on somebody, and it happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. I thought it'd be spring camp, but I guess I'm just in some random seven Throw around, seven, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and I said okay, which absolved the whole exercise of not doing this every week. It was that cool of a catch. Well, moving onwardly, um, not the only addition Reynolds was. Uh, we also got a running back in the class of 2024. Um, might need help with pronunciation. It's it's Jules Goff, right? Not Jewels. Squid, squid's calling. I'm gonna. I'm out. That was Kenny Johnson who made that catch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kenny Johnson will be our new number four receiver this year. Lock it in. I mean, as long as it's one of them. So as I was saying before, Squid very rudely corrected me uh, on a rant I just gave on false premises. Um, Pitt got a running back recruit, Jules slash Jewels Goff. He is out of Penn State country, uh, York, Pennsylvania. Um, No stars, not even a profile on rivals, so... A little bit under the radar on this one, especially when you compare them to the two, you know, rivals, 250 guys that we have in the class that he will be joining. But uh, we're hearing some good things, aren't we? Yeah, it was a little confusing. It was part of the junior day. There were like 25 recruits at the basketball game and early second half of the game, see a pass will pop up and it was trying to figure out which of these 25 guys committed to pit. Uh, turns out it was this guy with no recruiting profile, so we we're a little confused. Why would we take him? What's going on? But then you see his stats, and I'm happy to have him. Yeah, he plays 6A football, so he plays in the highest classification in PA and had a monster junior year. Uh, over 1,600 yards rushing, 355 receiving yards, uh, 31 total touchdowns. I mean, he absolutely produced was a first team all state running back in six a so five ten one ninety pretty prototypical size i mean maybe a little smaller than you would hope but i mean that's a good size for a division one running back so this might just be a guy who has flown a little under the radar and 
I I'm excited about it. Anytime yeah. the running running backs are so hard. Like you have like your five star running like your Bijan Robinsons who Travion Hendersons who are no brainer, no doubter, can't miss running backs who are going to be really good in college. And then you have Izzy Abanacanda, who was a track star built like a Greek God. And somehow for some reason, recruiting sites gave him three stars. So anytime I see a guy who produces like this at a high level, yeah. at a high high school level, um, I get excited about it. And it's like, take a running back every year and Pitt seems to usually figure out how to use at least one or two of them. Yeah. Andre Powell usually does a, pretty decent job of making these guys into uh, big contributors. You know, I'm, I'm the first one on this show to be a rating snob. So, you know, when I first saw like, Oh, this guy doesn't even have stars on any on, you know, 247 rivals on three, whatever. I can just kind of disregard this. Then you look at his 2000 all purpose yards, 30 touchdowns, all state, at the highest level of Pennsylvania football, um, you know, a, a, an in-state guy, we value that. Um, that just kind of struck me as weird that he doesn't, he only has about five offers right now, but. Yeah, it looks like he's Boston College, Duke, Old Dominion, James Madison, Rutgers. So not exactly beating the blue blood, bloods out for this kid, but also like, why is he slept on? I think this is going to, transition nicely into my new favorite thing about recruiting specifically with Pitt. I'm sure it happens elsewhere, but anytime Pickett's a recruit that is lowly rated, has mediocre offers, uh, the Pitt fans on Twitter, the message boards, wherever say, Oh, this guy sucks. He'll never be anything. But if we get a guy who's actually good, we get a four star or we get some guy who has crazy numbers like Jordan Bass. Oh, He's going to get poached. He won't even make oh the campus. Oh, my God. We got that in a matter of like an hour with with a golf. At first, it's like, why don't we take this kid? Then 30 minutes pass, people do their research. Oh, well. Oh, he's actually it good. doesn't mean anything until he steps foot on campus because I'm sure Penn State offers them or UNC will come out of the woodworks last minute and give him an NIL deal, and he's gone. And then he'll get a four-star on Rivals because Rivals hates Pitt and only Pitt. Yeah, so this is a new era that we're in, and I'm all about it because now we can not be excited about any recruit because they either won't be good or they won't come here. There's no reason to be excited about recruiting. None. None at all. Yeah, and Squid, you pointed out to me on Saturday, they only – you know, even in a class where it felt like we lost a ton of people, and I definitely thought the the sky was falling when we had an exodus in the 2022 class, or I'm sorry, the 2023 class, uh, we only lost four guys, right? Because Fowler ended up coming back. Yeah. Yeah, it ended up not being the end of the world as it kind of did seem that way for a week and a half, and Pitt. Pitt's coaching staff did a really good job of salvaging the class. Yeah. And, uh, on I'm just doing some research on uh, Goff here just to see if I could find anything that would get Pitt fans all riled up. And I do see, I mean, I know that teams have players visit like every player in the local area who is remotely good will take a visit to your school. But I just see a picture of him at a Penn State game last year. Actually, 
Uh, this was from November 2021. So I guess his sophomore year, he visited a Penn State Michigan game at Beaver Stadium. So I might just tweet that out later and get get Pitt fans all riled up that he's uh, he's also visiting Penn State. Or I might just tweet it out. I'm riled State, up. Tweet it out to Penn State fans and be like, wow, can't believe we beat you out for this recruit. Hashtag dominate the state. You know who else we beat them out for? Kenny Johnson, who had that one-handed catch, not Addison Copeland. In this same article, it's from the York Dispatch. Shout out to the York Dispatch. Uh, <laughs> Pillar of journalism, the York <laughs> Dispatch. Right. It shows a tweet that Kenny Johnson made. I guess he visited Ohio State as well. So I'm also going to quote tweet that <laughs> and say that we beat that we beat out Ohio State for Kenny Johnson. I've been saying for years, screw the whip. You'll just start recruiting York PA and we'll be fine. We're going to lock down everything between... Uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia really go into the farmlands and take all those those guys that the Penn Staters really want. Hey, Panther Nation. Have you ever crashed your spin scooter going down Cardiac Hill? Or wiped out on an icy sidewalk in South Oakland? Have you ever been hit by a bus crossing Forbes Avenue? Well, you may not have to pay that hospital bill on your own. If you're hurt in an accident pick up the phone and call Guido at Guerrera Law. Guido Guerrera is a University of Pittsburgh Law School grad, pit football superfan, and experienced personal injury attorney who's licensed in Pennsylvania and Ohio. And it is 100% free to call him for consultation on your personal injury case. So the next time you get rear-ended in Oakland rush hour traffic, or if you fall down the stairs at Peter's, Call Guido. All joking aside, Oakland and the world can be a very dangerous place. If you need legal help, talk to Guido. He'll treat you like a fellow Pitt fan and never like a number. 412-229-7757 is the number to call. That's 412-229-7757 to call Guido. You can also contact Guerrero Law at GuerreraLaw.com. That's G-U-R-R-E-R-A. Call Guido today. Please welcome on to the show a pit basketball recruit from the class of 2023, a 6'1 point guard from Fort Bend Marshall High School in Missouri City, Texas, the number 66 recruit in the class of 2023, Jalen Lowe. Jalen, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Good. We're doing real good. Congratulations. You celebrated a huge milestone on Friday night. Uh, you broke 2,000 points in your high school career. That is a lot. Yes, what, what, what was that, you know, celebration like? How'd that I mean, feel? It was, it was great. I mean, um, I didn't find out how close I was to breaking it till the day before the game, actually. My coach told me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was an exciting thing to accomplish. I mean, I had a lot of people there that celebrated with me. It was a pretty big game for us in district also. So, I mean, just achieving that and then on our home court was great also. So I had a great time doing that. That is that is awesome. A, a massive milestone. Um, so we, we're really excited for uh, – 
hit fans all over to get to know you a little bit, even before you step on campus. So why don't you uh, take us through kind of your Pitt journey thus far? What was your reaction when Pitt first reached out to you? And can you tell us a little bit about, you know, that process and why you chose Pitt? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it first started actually when I was a root, like a middle schooler, I could say. Uh, I was up in North Carolina for a basketball tournament with my team. And um, I will ask my dad, I was like, dad, can we, is there a way we could go visit Duke or North Carolina or anything like that? He said he knew somebody and Coach Capel, him and my dad went back a little bit uh, with connections between like John Lucas and everything. So I actually went up to Duke and Coach Capel took me on a visit uh, up there in middle school. So that was my first time ever meeting him. And then fast forward to this past summer and, um, I saw him at, a, I think it was our fourth EYBL session, maybe, and he watched me there. And then from then on, he kept in contact with me, um, watched me throughout Peach Jam, the last uh, last tournament of uh, the summer. And then he offered me. And from then on, we built a connection, uh, stayed in contact every day, called, texted with him, Coach Brown up there, then uh, decided in early September uh, that they were for sure going to be a school that I wanted to take an official visit on. I went up there and it was, it definitely surprised me. I didn't know Pittsburgh, the city was just like that in general. Definitely surprised me from being a kid out here in Houston. I didn't have too much of a thought of what Pennsylvania in general looked like. So <laughs> great. I mean, I went up there, um, had a great time bonding with all the coaches the players. Um, it was just great in general and everything that built, they're building up there just really fits what I'm looking for in a college. And from then on, I just, I kind of knew that I was going to go to Pitt. Then um, uh, committed in, let's say early October, uh, wanted to get it out the way, hurry up and committed and um, signed in November. But yeah, that was, that was pretty much the process to get to here. So you knew about coach Capel. Did you know anything about Pitt? or the city of Pittsburgh before you got up here? Nah, I didn't know anything, to be honest. Um, as a kid growing up, I didn't even watch, like, Big East kind of games growing up. I didn't really focus on that. I was more into, like, the Texas kind of teams. As mm -hmm. So I didn't really watch Pitt growing up. Uh, I only knew about Coach Cable because of my dad. I didn't even know that he went to Duke at first. But, um yeah, I mean, that, I didn't really know anything about Pittsburgh in general and the city at all. What that you've found out about the city surprised you the most? Man, it's a great-looking city, first off. I mean, right? yeah. we came straight through the tunnel, man. I was so surprised. The tunnel's the selling point. Everyone says it. <laughs> it was great going, in, uh, going through the tunnel. I was at first, when we were driving through, I was like, man, this is kind of what I imagined. You know, Pittsburgh looking like, but they're like, oh, we haven't even really got, we haven't even got to the city yet. We got to go through the tunnel. And we went through the tunnel. And that was just, that was crazy. <laughs> just kind <laughs> of Yeah, but the city in general is just really nice. I mean, I didn't imagine it looking like that. The campus is like one of a kind. It's not a normal college campus or anything like that. So all of that just in general just amazed me and I just really fit. That's cool. That's kind of a consistent theme we hear from uh 
recruits who aren't really familiar with the Pittsburgh area and they're really surprised that Pittsburgh looks like it is. I guess the the thought, like the old thought is it's a blue collar, like steel mill town, but it's actually it's not lot, really like that anymore. It's a lot cleaner, a lot prettier. So we're glad you share that too, because we grew up here and we we think it's beautiful still. Uh, 26 years here. Uh, but you, you mentioned you didn't really get to watch the Big East much when you were young. You watched more of the local teams in Texas. Uh, we grew up watching the Big East. And let me tell you, Pitt basketball, seeing as there's not a pro team here, Pitt basketball is the basketball team for this city. So when they're rocking, uh, you can really see the Peterson Event Center fills up. You came up for the Clemson game, correct? Yeah, I did. What what was that like? What was the Pete like? Was it about what you expected? Better? What what did you think uh, being there? Because that was a that was a good crowd that Saturday. Not for sure. I mean, uh, I really wanted to come watch a game up there, and the schedule was kind of conflicted with the high school schedule trying to get up there. But um, it was a perfect opportunity. I mean, Pitt is doing great right now. Um, I'm not too surprised though. I mean, but they're doing great, and I really wanted to come up to a game, and uh, I was free that Saturday because I we had just played Friday night we we're like we can get up there for the early game Saturday and we decided to go do it and man I mean the atmosphere the crowd was great I mean even though it was a tough loss for sure I mean just seeing what what um I could play in a type of environment and how the support is there I mean it was great to watch so yeah, so you got to see it firsthand. Um, this team has kind of represented a, a regenesis for Pitt basketball, you know, kind of rebuilding the program to what it was in the early 2000s. Um, but w- what did you see in that game uh, against Clemson and, you know, I guess in a larger sense this year from this Pitt team that you're most excited to be a part of, whether that's, you know, the way they play or, you know, a, a particular, you know, style or even if it's Capel's leadership? I mean, just seeing, like, as a basketball player, you can tell that um, that they weren't fully at their full potential. I mean, and to be in that, in the position they are right now um, without hitting their full potential yet, like, just playing the way they want to play all the way, I mean, it's great to see because once they do hit that potential, man, I don't think it's going to be very hard to beat them. And, I mean, just seeing how the coaching staff and the players interacted with each other was uh, great to see because you, as a player, you always want to see what you're going into. And just seeing like everyone around there just in like high spirits and playing the way that they wanted to play, it was really great to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's something we've noticed as fans too. Yeah, you see the energy the, the coaches, the players bring. Uh, it's really exciting to see, and we think the future is very bright. How do you see yourself fitting in? Uh, describe your game to Pitt fans who might not have seen your highlights or any of your, your film. Um, I'm a point guard. Um, I'm a pass-first point guard, but I can score the ball, too, at a pretty good rate. I'm just – I play pretty fast. That's how I grew up. Um, but, yeah, I love getting my teammates involved, uh, defensive end, get offensive end. I mean, you're really just getting, I mean, everything out of me, like a true point guard. And I'm just looking forward to winning up there. And I mean, from I can do really much, pretty much everything that a any coach needs me to do. But I'm ready to get up there, play fast, pick and rolls, get my teammates involved, score a little bit. So really, pretty much all around. Sounds good to us. 
Yeah, we're we're all in on that, you know, especially there were, you know, a couple of shot clock violations yesterday that uh I think I think tempo would would do this uh this program really good. So you got a couple uh classmates or future classmates in the class of 2023, Carlton Carrington, Marlon Barnes. How how much have you been able to communicate with those guys um and like how familiar how familiar are you with their games and how, how have you guys kind of kept in touch as, as you've all committed and, um, you know, just looking forward to the future. Um, I first knew, uh, Carlton Bub, uh, in the summertime cause we played his, uh, AU team, team mellow. Um, nah, but I knew from then, like he was, uh, pretty good. I actually didn't know he was a pit commit. I didn't know anything, uh, about pit, anything. They still hadn't hit me up or anything, but, I knew Bub in the summertime because we played against him. I knew Marlon just um, from being around him playing AAU and stuff like that. But ever since we all commit, I mean, we stay in touch a lot. I mean, even if we don't talk about Pitt or all the time, we just hit each other up, uh, see how each other's games went, pick on each other every now and then, see who's, who's doing better in this category or that category. But, um, yeah, we stay, in, we stay in contact pretty often, watch the games, you know, just uh, getting ready for – and bonding for next year. That's awesome. Love to know that you guys have built a rapport. Um, you know, this is one of Pitt's biggest recruiting classes in, in, you know, quite some time. You yourself, you just jumped up um, to the number 66 recruit in the country. Um, I forget which service. It was either uh, on three or, or rivals, but uh, do you, as a recruit, do you pay attention to that sort of thing? Is it just background noise or do you use it as motivation, you know, to see your name climbing the class of 2023 rankings? Um, it's definitely used for motivation, but it's also uh, kind of much back, background noise because it's always great to see um, your hard work being shown and displayed out there to, to the country and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't really play for a ranking. Um, so, but of course it motivates me when you think you're better than this player, that player, whatever. So it definitely, it's definitely motivating, but at the same time, you got to keep it in the back of your head and just continue to work. With that said, being ranked where you're ranked, um, I'm sure there's some guys ahead of you that you think you're better than, and you've played head to head against that. So you're like, oh, I outplayed him, but not not worried about the rank. But who is the best player that you've been able to face so far? Who's the best player you've gone up against head to head? Man, we played some really good people this summer. We played DJ Wagner with uh, him, Aaron Bradshaw, and uh, McKenzie. Um, all top five guys, in my opinion. Uh, we played Simeon Wilcher, is going to North Carolina. Uh, we play Matas Buzelis. He's going to G League next year. I mean, we played some pretty high guys. I mean, we played like Layden Blocker going to Arkansas. But, I mean, we played some pretty, really good guys this past summer that I was glad to go head-to-head uh, -head with and have pretty good matchups with. So, Jalen, there's a, a game that we like to play with, uh, with new guests to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, it's called Full Court Press. Um, we're going to ask you some pretty quick and easy questions. Uh, you know, your, your favorite this, uh, least favorite that, the, the best of this you've ever done. Um, 
and you know feel free to rapid fire but you know if there's a story behind it feel free to get into that we'll we'll kind of go at your pace so uh does that sound like sound like a plan yes sir all right let's get started so first what is your pre-game ritual i gotta take a nap and i've gotta listen to j cole that kind of knocks out the other question on here who's on your pre-game playlist is it is it straight j cole not nah, J. Cole, Lil Baby, those those two are pretty much in the mix a lot. But um, I mean, sometimes I just put my headphones on and don't listen to anything. I just don't want people to talk to me sometimes, just getting in that mode. <laughs> it's a good strategy. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite college team growing up? Uh, probably uh, it was either U of H because my dad had some players on the team. Uh, that he coached, or it was like a Duke, Kentucky type of blue bud, kind of just watching as a fan. Who's your favorite NBA player? Right now? Past or present? Past or present? Uh, Past, I mean, I think the GOAT is Michael Jordan. Um, Present right now, uh, I love Trey Young. I watched Trey Young as he grew up, so he's my favorite player right now. Who, who do you think you play the most like? Or who have you modeled your game after? I've tried to model my game after like a little Trey Young, Chris Paul, and a little like Jalen Brunson type of skill set. Most points in a game at any level? It was 47 and three quarters my junior year. What do you think you would have had if you played in the fourth quarter? I would have definitely tried to hit 60. <laughs> <laughs> what coach pulled you out? You, you guys were blowing him out or something? Yeah. So I, my teammate and I actually, he had, I had 47. I think he had like 37 at the time also. We were going back and forth. And um, yeah, we just, we were blowing him out. So he pulled us out for the, for the fourth quarter. What was the final score of that game? I think it was maybe like 120 to 70. I've never heard of high schoolers hitting 120 points in a game. Good Lord. Yeah, that was our only time. (laughs) (laughs) What would your dream NIL deal be? Um, First one that comes to mind instantly is at, like, Canes, Raising Canes. It's, like, they're they're putting one. They're putting one in Oakland. It's going to be here soon. There aren't any in Pittsburgh yet, but they're putting them in, and then that one's getting put in Oakland, so might be able to hook something up there. Oh, so. Yeah, we got we got some powerful people listening, and hopefully, you know, <laughs> if you're listening to this, Rich Pitt fans, uh, <laughs> hit our guy up, man. Show him some love and some chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What's your go-to move? Crossover, in and out, step back? What is it? Um... Most is a probably a cross between or a hezzy between those. Would you rather have a a poster dunk or a game winning buzzer beater? Game winning buzzer beater for sure. I'm not too much of a dunker right now, but (laughs) I I'll dunk on the fast break. But the bot catching the body, it's only been done like once or twice. Only once or twice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd rather get a buzzer beater for sure. Squid's only done that like once or twice, too. Yeah, I've got a few. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Nate Robinson. <laughs> only shorter. So that's that's about uh, all, all we have for the full court press. The last question I wanted to ask you before we, we let you go is, uh, what do you want Pittsburgh to know about Jalen Lowe as a person before you, you step onto uh, the scene in Pittsburgh next year? Or I, mean, I guess that's this year. I mean, as a person that I'm just really down to earth, um, I don't like to do too much. I'm not a lot of hoorah stuff or that I just stay to myself. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really, I just stay to myself. I'm a calm type of person down to earth. So if people want to talk to me, they can. I have no problem with that. But yeah, I'm just down to earth. It's a great trait to have in a point guard. Uh, calm, cool, collected. Calm, cool, collected. I love it. So, that's But uh, just just in this short conversation with, we had with you, man, I can definitely tell Pitt's getting a really good player in person um and we're really excited to have you come up here um but we, we really appreciate your time hopping on with us not for sure thank y'all for inviting me absolutely man well as always hail to pit hail to pit hail to pit are you or someone you know looking for work in a recession-proof industry are you someone that's interested in things like having health care, having a 401k, immediate PTO accrual, an employee assistance program, or referral payouts? Our newest sponsor, Haddad Accelerated Delivery, an Amazon delivery partner, is looking for safety-minded and dependable drivers to join their delivery service team. Be a part of a company that will encourage self-ownership and award bonuses based on exceptional safety and delivery efforts. This is the ideal gig for individuals seeking full-time work or students interested in making some pretty good money during breaks. If you or someone you know is safety-focused, hard-working, organized, efficient, and team-oriented, text HADD to 464-646 to apply. I understand that that is an impossible string of letters and numbers, so here it is again. That's H-A-D-D to 464-646. For a job that's the total package, get it? Because, like, it's uh, deliveries. Haddad Accelerated Delivery is the place for you. Thank you again to Jalen for joining us. Great interview great kid and he's going to be a great basketball player for us uh so that about does it for the loyal sons today uh any closing thoughts from my comrades across the internet waves mayor the kicker for the cowboys just missed another extra point well it was actually blocked so we're working with what is that six six of his last seven something like that how this is one of the my favorite things in sports right now. I mean, I feel terrible for him, but if this ever happened to Pitt, I would like go postal. Yeah, I mean, we'd never threaten a college kid or anything, but like that doesn't mean we wouldn't pay anyone else to. I think Alex Kessman is unemployed. I feel like the Cowboys should just get him for their Super Bowl run if they make it there. Chris Blewett, maybe. 
Think about I, it. On a human level, I feel bad for this guy because, uh, like, he has consistently been a good kicker for a lot of years. I think he has the highest percentage of field goals made over 60 yards in NFL history or something kind of specific, but still very impressive. So for him to just not be able to make a 30-yard a extra point is beyond me. Squid? So we talked about how awesome the Pete was on Saturday. The chicken tenders I got, not great. Oh, yeah, not a little great. underwhelming. I will say that the Pete has pretty decent like prices for concessions mm-hmm. relative to sporting events. Nine fifty for three chicken tenders and some curly fries. Can't really beat that, but I will agree that tenders are a little overwhelming. underwhelming. Yeah, the curly fries made up for it, and whenever I got those was right whenever Pitt went on their big run in the second half, so I kind of let it slide. But in retrospect, yeah, I'm not getting those moving forward. So if you have concession stand suggestions at the Pete. Wait, so they went on a run when you got them, and you're saying you're not going to get them again? I mean, they ended up not winning. I guess maybe I should have gone back for more chicken headers and fries. Maybe like the power of the chicken ran out. Yeah, I was I was polishing off the barbecue sauce on my fingers as Blake Hinson hit that like pump fake, pause, shoot three to take the lead and the Peter opted. So I we'll see for next time. I apologize, Dylan, that you have to hear me complain about this again, but speaking of terrible meals, I I just had a bottom five meal of my adult life. I don't I don't want to throw like any any local businesses under the bus, but uh, don't do it. If they didn't want to throw it under the bus, they would make a decent pad thai. I had mediocre pad thai uh, two weeks ago. I, I'm like, Thai food is never missed for me. I feel like it's really consistent anywhere you get it. It's consistent. It's cheap. It's abundant. But what's going on here? Not great. Like I pad said, Thai in Pittsburgh. I don't know. They have pad Thai at the Pete. It would probably be eight dollars, and give you the runs. But uh, Pitt would score fifteen unanswered as you as you force it down. Give me a large. My final thought is that uh, Stephen Adams is the most terrifying human alive. It, he is all time just like badass. Like no one messes with that guy. It's hilarious that he is just like the strongest dude in the NBA. Every time there's a tussle or something, there's just several people trying to hold him back or he's holding someone back like so effortlessly. He would be the greatest bouncer of all time. Oh like my if he, god! If he wanted to go down that path, his transformation is mind-boggling. Do you remember his interviews as like an incoming freshman? He was walking around downtown Pittsburgh, asking if people bungee jumped off of the buildings downtown. He was like, "Oh yeah, I love playing the guitar. It's like a fun thing." I'm like, "Not very good at it though." I would crack up at all of his interviews, and now he's just like John Morant's personal bodyguard and is willing to 
fight Shannon Sharp. <laughs> How funny would it have been if Shannon Sharp and Steven Adams just gotten like a tussle courtside of it? People forget Adam, that just... Shannon Sharp was an NFL tight end because he didn't look like next to Steven Adams. <laughs> He's still massive, but the f- what what was he doing? You're 54, man. Be, be an adult. You're well, sitting at courtside at an NBA game, just like enjoy that. You don't want to see Adams to ruin your night. I can promise you that. Another final thought. I know we were all going to do one, but congrats to Kenny Pickett and Amy Paternus, their future Amy Pickett, on their one year. One year since Kenny proposed, and we're so happy for you. First couple, first family of Pittsburgh. Great job. Amy is going to make an incredible first lady of Pittsburgh. Um, the you know the the best one we've had since Rachel Carson, and uh, yeah, congrats to them. Looking, you know, looking forward to having them around the city for the rest of you know his twenty-year NFL career, and then when Kenny he's Pickett elect- Juniors or Kenny Pickett the Thirds uh, pit career, yeah, exactly. And and you know, I'm sure that's going to overlap in some capacity with Kenny Pickett's mayoral term. Will our kids be doing podcasts about Kenny Pickett the third playing for Pitt? I hope my kid doesn't have to have a podcast. My kid will be playing for Pitt. Yeah, all right. It'll be a walk on the basketball team, but we'll be playing for Pitt. I think we've got athlete. I think you got a better chance of maybe him leading the zoo, maybe the resurgence of the zoo in 20 years. But yeah, there we go. I'm so sorry, right. Kenny. Best to Kenny and Amy. Uh, good stuff, guys. Let's uh, go get those wins against Wake Forest in Miami. And uh, let's go find another receiver in the portal. Let's do it. See you guys here back. Back See here. You- See you guys back here next week. It's done. It's Sunday night. It's late. We got to get off here. Let's let's watch some football. Hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. <laughs>